Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. Romans chapter 8. Wednesday evenings we talk about faith. Sunday nights we share along the lines of the Holy Ghost. And Sunday morning, things that pertain to every aspect of our Christian life and experience. The reason why we're emphasizing faith and the Holy Ghost is because we firmly believe that God is at work in the earth today, moving by His Spirit, bringing together the work of faith with power. That is, those who emphasize the teaching of the Word and faith in the Word and also the moving of the Spirit and Holy Ghost power. And so that's why we want to continue along these lines so that we can grow in faith and develop our faith and also learn more about the Holy Ghost and how He manifests Himself among us. Amen? Amen. I want to be in tune with what God is doing by His Spirit in the earth. What about you? You know, you can be a Christian and not know what God is doing in the earth. That's sad to say, but true. You can get so caught up in the affairs of life and so caught up even in the work of the church that you forget about what God is emphasizing as He moves by His Spirit upon the earth. And we don't want to be ignorant of that, do we? We want to know exactly what God is doing. We want to flow with the Holy Ghost and move along you know, with Him and follow His leadings in our lives so that we can be successful Amen. in achieving His purposes in the earth. Amen. And so that's why we want to continue along these lines. Now, in the book of Romans chapter 8, we're going to look at verse 7. But first of all, I want to remind you that God's Word says in the book of Isaiah, chapter 55, and if you read verses 6 through 11, it tells us that God's thoughts are higher than man's thoughts. And God's ways are higher than man's ways. And as high as the heavens are above the earth, so are God's thoughts and ways above man's thoughts and ways. Do you believe that tonight? That means that God is much smarter and wiser than we are. Could you really agree to that and really believe it? Just go read the book of Job and find out when God began to ask Job some questions, how Job just felt so dumb in the sight of the Lord. See, he questioned God, he challenged God and all that, and finally God says, well, I've got a few questions to ask you. And when he began to ask Job, first of all, starting with, how does the earth suspend out there in space and who laid the foundations thereof? And who hung the stars in the sky and knows them by name? And Job went, uh, right? God is much smarter and wiser than we are. Amen. And so God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Therefore, we have to understand God's thoughts on faith. We don't want to define faith for ourselves. We want to know faith from God's perspective. And God's thoughts are found where? In God's Word. Just as we reveal our thoughts in Word, so God has revealed His thoughts in Word, and we have them recorded right here so that you and I can understand God's thoughts. Now, I want to show you something here in this verse. In verse 7, it says, Because the carnal mind is enmity. Everybody say enmity. Enmity is a positive force, a positive force, force, an active 
force, a positive force of hatred, including hostility, antagonism, and ill will against the knowledge of God. That's what enmity is. The carnal mind is an active force of hatred, antagonism, and ill will against the knowledge of God. Did you get that? The carnal mind, the natural way of thinking, is against God's way of thinking. It's an active force of hatred and ill will against the knowledge of God. That in itself says a whole lot, doesn't it? In other words, the way the natural mind has been programmed, it stands against the knowledge of God. You see, that's why when we start preaching some truths from the Word of God pertaining to faith, many don't understand it. You start saying that by His stripes I'm healed when you don't feel well. The carnal mind just doesn't understand it. It doesn't line up with that. And some people say that's ridiculous, that's folly and foolishness and all that. But yet God's Word says it's so. See, God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts and God's ways are higher than our ways. And we have to learn that. And we have to learn that the carnal mind or the carnal way of think, thinking or the natural mind is against God's way of thinking. And we have to learn that. And it's only when we learn that and then get our minds renewed to God's way of thinking are we going to succeed in areas of life, in ministry. The only way we're going to grow in faith is by acknowledging the fact that our mind, our small way of thinking, is far beneath God's way of thinking. And I've got to learn to change my way of thinking. God does not have to change. He's all right the way He is. But you and I have got to move on to perfection. And you and I have got to grow. And that's why the Bible says in Romans 12 and verse 2 that we're not to be conformed to this world, but transformed. How many of you want to be transformed? How many of you want to be changed from glory to glory? How many of you want to climb higher heights in the things of God? How many of you want to learn more about faith and how it operates and how it works? Then we need to renew our minds. By the renewing of our minds. See, the unrenewed mind is enmity against God. But the renewed mind is in harmony with God. So, actually, we have to lose our minds for Jesus. <laughs> we have to have the mind of Christ. Amen? And start thinking in line with the Word of God. I want you to turn with me to the book of Hebrews, chapter 11. Beginning at verse 1. And we're going to share with you some of the thoughts of God along the lines of faith and share with you some scriptures that will help us better understand the ABCs or the basics of faith. Now, whenever you find your team not performing too well, usually the coach will say it's time to get back to basics, back to the fundamentals. If you ever find yourself not performing well in faith and in the things of God, you might tell yourself it's time to get back to the basics. Get back to the fundamentals. As a matter of fact, I remember reading over there in the book of Revelation when Jesus was writing to the church, the different churches, he said to the church at Ephesus there, remember from whence thou art fallen. Remember from whence thou art fallen. Remember that? He had something against them because they weren't walking right. He said, remember from whence thou art fallen. Repent. That means take another course of action. And listen carefully. Do the first works. Over. In other words, get back to basics. Get back to the ABCs of your Christian experience. Get back to the fundamentals. Start walking in love. Start forgiving each other and having a pure heart and that sort of thing. And, and start acting on the Word again like you used to. 
Let yourself fall in love with me all over again, etc., etc. Back to basics. And sometimes we've got to get back to the ABCs of faith and back to basics so that we can, once again, grow in our faith. And our faith become alive and vibrant like it needs to be. Beginning at verse 1 of chapter 11, we read, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found, because God hath translated him. But before his translation he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Let's go on back to verse 1 and share some truths from these verses that I believe will help us better understand how to grow in faith. These are some of the ABCs or basics of faith. In verse 1 it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Everybody say hope. Faith does not stand alone. Faith does not produce results alone. Sometimes people think that faith is just a formula, and if I have the right formula, then I'm going to get results. And too often their hopes are shattered because basically they're operating mechanically on a formula and not really out of a heart that's developed in faith. You see, there has to be hope to faith. That's one of the basics or the ABCs of faith. And what is hope? Hope means to have an expecting desire. You expect something with desire. You really want something. You have a longing for something. A desire for something. How many of you long to be like Jesus? How many of you long to walk as He walked? And you long to know Him better? You have a, a heartfelt desire to really let's say, walk in the law of faith the way He did. To do the things that He did. To live the life that He said we could live. How many of you really have a longing desire for that? See, if you don't have a hope, if you don't have that blessed hope, that desire with expectation on the inside of you, there's nothing for faith to give substance to. You're just going to go on every day in your Christian experience, and yet you're going to be empty on the inside. But if you really have this desire on the inside to be more like Him, that longing desire will motivate you to pursue that which you desire. See, hope is a motivating force. He that hath this hope in Him purifieth himself, even as He is pure. That verse of Scripture tells me that if I really have this hope to see Him as He is, then I will be motivated or moved to, pur to, to purify myself as He is pure. See, hope is a motivating force and it is the climate in which faith operates. Don't forget that. Hope is the climate in which faith operates. Then you see, your faith will give substance to what? To your hope. That's what it says right here. Faith is the substance of the thing you hope for. So if you don't really have that desire, see what things you desire when you pray 
That's hope right there. What you desire when you pray. I desire to be well. I desire it with great intensity. I have a longing, yearning desire to be made whole or to be well. Like the woman with the issue of blood. She had this yearning desire to be made whole, to be well. And her faith gave substance to her hope. That's what it says right here. Faith is the substance of the thing I hope for. Hope will never produce reality. Hope cannot produce reality. Hope is not the force that creates reality. Faith is. But I've got to have hope. I've got to have desire. Otherwise, I'll give up. And that's why many fall short of their victories. They give up. They don't have that great hope on the inside, that intensity that they need to pursue that thing until the end. Faith will give substance to your hope. But you've got to realize that. Be confident and have a longing desire for it. Whatever you desire when you pray, believe. That's faith, isn't it? So you see, there's desire and then there's faith. There's hope and there's faith. And your faith will give substance to what you hope for. Some people have even said, when trying to believe God for something, when they didn't arrive at it or get it or their faith didn't produce results, they said, well, I I really didn't want it that bad anyhow. What did they lack? Hope, didn't they? They didn't really have that longing desire for it on the inside. Now, the next thing it says here about faith is found in in the latter part, part B of that verse 1. It is the evidence of things not seen. The evidence of things not seen. What is evidence? Evidence is that which furnishes proof. Isn't that what evidence is? It's the proof. It's the proof of the unseen. I like what the Amplified Bible says about that. It says, I'm going to read the latter part of it. Faith perceiving as real fact... What is not revealed to the senses. I'm going to say that again. Faith perceiving. Notice the word perceiving as real fact. What is not revealed to the senses. In other words, I perceive as fact. Not an educated guess, but as fact. Something that does not bear witness to my five physical senses. I don't see it, I don't hear it, I don't feel it, I don't taste it, I don't smell it. But yet, faith is the proof. It's the evidence of things, everybody say, not seen. seen. See, too often many want to see it before they believe it. But Jesus said, no, faith doesn't operate that way. Faith believes it in order to see it. So faith, then, is the ability to enter into this place of perceiving as fact something that does not manifest itself to our five senses. We could call faith the sixth sense. Do we have to consult with our ears what our eyes see? No, we don't, do we? If my eyes see it, I say it's a fact, right? Well, my ears didn't hear it. Do my ears hear this? 
No. Could I perceive it with my ears? If it's here behind my head like this here, do I perceive it's there? Is it a fact as far as my ears are concerned? No. But I see it. Therefore, it's a fact. Now listen. If my ears did not need the agreement, or the eyes didn't need the agreement of the ear to know that it's a fact, it's likewise I can hear some things that I don't see. And what he's trying to tell us is this. Faith is like a sixth sense. You don't have to consult your eyes, your ears, your nose, your mouth, your feelings in order to believe that something exists. Faith is the evidence of what I don't see. As that verse says in the Amplified, it's perceiving as fact something that is not revealed to the senses. So right there, what does that tell us? Our five physical senses are out of the picture when it comes to faith. How many believe that God exists? Do you see Him? Do you hear Him? Do you smell Him? Can you taste Him? Can you touch Him? What's the proof that He exists? Faith is the evidence of things not seen. And you see, beloved, too often we fail to recognize that and we want the agreement of our five physical senses in order to accept things as being fact. In other words, I'm not healed unless I see it or feel it. But the Word says, no, you have got to accept or perceive as fact that you are healed before you see it or feel it. That's what faith is. Faith perceives my need as being met. And that's a fact, even though I have no physical evidence of it being met. And that's why people will think that you're a lunatic when you live by faith, because you're not consulting your five physical senses to believe that it's a fact. I can believe it without seeing it. And that is the arena of faith, beloved. And that's where God wants us to live. I may not see the work being done in the natural, but I believe it and I perceive it as being done in the supernatural. And therefore, I call it done. Well, what is the proof, you say? Faith is the evidence or the proof of what I don't see. I don't know about you, but that excites me. Living in that realm does excite me. Now, let's read on. In verse 2, we have another ABC of faith. Let's just read a few, verse, or a few words from this particular verse, and you'll see something here that's very important. Through faith, we understand. Right there is a mouthful. Did you know that? Everybody say, through faith, I understand. You know, people have asked the question, does God exist? How do I know God exists? Who made the world? Who made the earth, the trees, the birds, the animals, the universe, the stars, the planets, the solar system and all that? And they baffled their minds trying to come up with answers to these questions. They don't understand. And you know why they don't understand? Because the Bible says, through faith, we understand. 
Can you see that? It's through faith I understand. Well, what is faith once again? Perceiving as fact what is not revealed to the senses. So can you see how the carnal mind then without that revelation is enmity against God? Because the carnal mind will try to figure out in his own thinking where the world came from. A cosmic explosion. Where did man come from? The ape. Evolution. That is enmity against the knowledge of God. That is hostility against the knowledge of God. Man's natural way of thinking and, and reasoning and figuring things out is against the knowledge of God. God does not explain Himself. In the beginning, the Bible says, God made the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, God. doesn't explain God. It says, in the beginning, God. Period. That is it. By faith, I understand how the worlds were made. By faith, I understand that God exists. So, let's stop badgering our minds and start believing from the heart. And if people will allow their minds to just be at rest and allow their hearts to, to really open to God, they'll know in their heart that He exists. They'll know in their heart that He is. That He made the worlds in the fullness thereof. It's through faith we understand. Not through human reasoning. So through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. So that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Now, I like that. The things that we see were not made of things that do appear. The things that we see with the, with the natural eye were not made from things that are in this realm of life. Now, you think about that for a moment, and it's sometimes hard to understand. But through faith we understand. What do we understand? There is a substance in the spirit world that brought this entire world into being. There is a substance that maybe we can't see, feel, hear, taste, smell, or whatever, that brought the seen world into being. And it's through faith. That it happened. And if we go back to the very beginning of the book of Genesis, we discover that God spoke the world into existence. Through the force of faith, through the eternal, ever living God speaking words from his mouth, all that is seen came into being. It's by faith this world exists, it's by faith this world stands, and by the word of his power, all things are upheld. If God were to remove a word of His power from an object, it would die. It would cease to be. When Jesus spoke to the fig tree and said, No man eat of thee hereafter forever, it began to dry up by the root because its Creator gave it a command. By faith we understand where God came from. By faith we... Now, there are some things we have to understand, beloved, with regard to God and His existence and, and the Godhead and, and the Trinity and all that, just mark this down. There are some things that God wants you to ask Him when you get on the other side. 
So just forget about it. Don't think about it now. Don't badger your mind with it. Don't try to figure God out. And when your children, children ask you, where did God come from? Just say, God is. And He expects us to believe that. It's a matter of faith. It's not a matter of the carnal mind understanding where God came from and His existence. Just know that He is. Now we skipped over verse 2. Let's back up. For by it, by what? By faith, the elders obtained a good report. Everybody say this. Faith always has a good report. Now think about that for a moment. Faith always has a good report. Here's another ABC of faith. Faith has a good report. Too often many are speaking things that don't qualify as being a good report and they wonder why their faith level has diminished. Hold your place there in the book of Hebrews and go back to Numbers with me, if you would please, in chapter 13. And verse 30. We all want to learn how to appropriate faith. We all want to learn how to walk in the faith that Jesus walked in. Well, beloved, in order for us to do that, we must become serious. Because something that brought the world into being seems to me very powerful. And we can't toy with something that is so powerful. And if we want to operate in it, we've got to get serious. And we've got to make a decision that we are going to be reprogrammed so that we can walk in the faith of God. We are going to be renewed in the spirit of our mind and not let the carnal mind exercise enmity against God. And no matter what it takes, we are not going to consult our five senses to give evidence or proof that God is at work in our lives. We are going to consult the Word that produces faith. And the Word becomes our evidence that God is at work, not my five physical senses. You see, beloved, that's why this life of faith is a lifestyle and it's not something that we try for a season. In Numbers chapter 13, verse 30, this is the situation where the Israelites were about to or supposedly to enter into Canaan's land. And Moses was instructed of the Lord to send out the spies to spy out the land. Joshua and Caleb, they came back with a good report of faith. And the other ten spies, the tribe leaders, they came back with an evil report or a bad report. Remember, we said over there in Hebrews 11, too, that faith has a good report. By it, the elders obtained a good report. Verse 30. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an, everybody say, evil report. Well, what is an evil report? What is a bad report? It's a report of doubt and unbelief. It's a report that 
agrees with the senses. It's a report that harmonizes with the carnal mind. Can you see that? See, the carnal mind says we can't do it. They are bigger than we are. They are stronger than we are. They are more in number than we are. We are like grasshoppers in their sight. And in our sight, we appear to be too weak, too little, too small. Not powerful enough to overcome the giants that stand between us and the promised land. Now, what they said was a natural carnal truth based on five physical sense evidences. But Joshua and Caleb, the Bible says, they had a good report. And their report was, be still, calm down. In other words, shut your mind down for a while. Your mind is dominating you and you're pushing God out. Don't let your carnal mind spew out ill will against the knowledge of God. Because God said, even though there's giants in the land, I'll send my angels before you so that you can get into the land. Isn't that right? Okay. Well, they couldn't understand that. They couldn't perceive that. They couldn't see that. See, they had the inability to perceive this fact, that which was not revealed to the senses. They took the revelation of the senses and exalted it above the knowledge of God. I know you've never done that. Right? They took feeling and exalted feeling above the knowledge of God. They took sight and exalted the knowledge of God. You've never done that. No, we've all done that. And we're not to be condemned because we've done that. We're supposed to learn from these experiences and then grow. And learn how not to depend so much on our five senses. And learn how to depend more on the Word of God. That's what growing in faith is all about. So they had an evil report. And Joshua and Caleb had a good report. Let's read the rest of that evil report. Verse 32. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through, through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants, and we were in our own sight grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. In other words, we see ourselves too small for the challenge. There's no way that we can overcome. I guess they didn't see their God, did they? See, but Joshua and Caleb said, look at back up the verse 30. But Caleb still the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. Beloved, even though our five senses tell us otherwise, that is the report of faith. Faith says we're well able to overcome it. Why? Able or a, is the word over there in the Hebrew and in the Greek. You could put, compare it, put it together. It means we are sufficient in power. We have the necessary resources. In other words, to overcome it. Now, how is it that Caleb saw that, but the others didn't? Because they were seeing, he was seeing through the eye of faith. 
He was perceiving as fact something that wasn't revealed to the senses. And what did he see? My God is on my side. My God said I can overcome. My God said angels will go before me and they will take me into the promised land. And because our God is on our side, we're well able to take the land. So let's not fear the people and let's not be defeated because of what we are believing and saying. Let's let our, let our five physical senses destroy our faith in God. We're well able to take the land. Let's go at once and possess it right now. We have, we have the ability, the sufficiency of power that we need to overcome is what he was saying. And that was based on a perception of faith. Not on the evidence of the five senses. It's a different language altogether, isn't it? Well, that's how God wants us to be. He wants us to step out into the arena of faith. He wants us to believe those things as fact, even though they're not revealed to our senses. He wants us to identify with who he is and declare that He is more than enough to put us over and get us into our promised land. Go on back with me to the book of Hebrews, if you would please, chapter 11. Faith was the evidence of what they did not see. Faith was the proof that they were well able to take the land. And the end of the story tells us that Joshua and Caleb entered in while all the others did not. Look how important faith is. Faith will enable us to experience and enjoy the fullness of the promises of God. Doubt and unbelief will keep us on the outside looking in. God wants us to learn to live by faith. In verses 4 and 5, we read, By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. In that verse we have a revelation that it's faith that makes our sacrifices acceptable to God. It is the ability to believe in something, once again, that we don't see or something that we don't have any control over. Now think about this. The blood of a sacrificial lamb offered unto God as an eternal sacrifice. Man himself has nothing to do with that life. He has nothing to do with the blood of that innocent lamb. He must believe because of what God has spoken. He must believe that something that he has nothing to do with can please God. Cain, as you know, believed in his own efforts. He believed in his own works. He believed in his own religious practices. And therefore, he, by the sweat of his brow, offered a sacrifice unto God like his brother Abel did. But he did it based on his own works or his own religious observances. God said, I'm not pleased with that. You see, it's by faith. Faith, once again, if you think about it, separates us from self. I have nothing to do with it. You know, that's why you have faith in the blood of Jesus. What did you have to do with His death, His burial, His resurrection, His ascension? All God wants you to do is believe in it. Do you believe in the blood that was shed for you? 
Amen. Can your works get you to heaven? Can your works get God to move on your behalf? Can your good deeds make Him favor you to move in such a way that He's going to help you? No. But will your faith get Him to move for you? When you start saying, I believe that my God is able, and even though I'm surrounded by every known enemy, my God is able. He is sufficient in power. He is on my side. He will not leave me. He will not forsake me. He is my help. He is my shield and my exceedingly great reward. My God is the Al Shaddai of my life and He is more than enough. And I'm not alone in this life. I'm not alone in this world. Thank God I'm not alone in this fight. My God fights for me. I believe it. Glory to God. It's not based on our good works. It's not based on our church attendance. It's not based on how many times we've done anything. For God, it's based on, do I believe that my God is here now? Do I believe He is in this place? Do I believe He is in my spirit alive in me? Do I believe His Holy Ghost power is on the inside of me? Do I believe the name of Jesus is above every other name? And the power of that name makes me free. Do I believe that? That is what pleases God. Look at the next verse, verse 5. By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found. Because God hath translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. He pleased God. Now, we know that Enoch walked with God. And we know that Enoch pleased God. But how did he walk with God? And how did he please God? Verse 6. But without faith, it is... Everybody say impossible. Impossible. Say it again. Impossible. Impossible. It didn't say without works. It didn't say without religious uh, observances and practices and traditions. It said without what? Faith. faith. Beloved, faith is essential if we want to walk with God and if we want to please God. And faith is what? It's the evidence of things not seen. It's getting caught up in a world that's not seen. It's getting involved with something and some things that don't appear to our five senses. It is right now saying, Jesus, I know that you're right here. Angels of God, I know that you're all around me. I know there's a spirit world. The anointing of God is upon me. On the inside of me, I've got Holy Ghost power. Thank God. Thank God for who I am in Christ. Things that are not seen. It's recognizing those things. It's walking in those realities and those truths based only on the Word of God, based on the revelation of God's Word, based on the mind of God. Everybody say this. I have the mind of Christ. Say it again. I have the mind of Christ. And I hold the feelings, the thoughts, and the purposes of His heart. I have the mind of Christ. I can't see that, beloved. I just have to believe it. And I believe that when someone says, I believe it, that God reaches down with His right hand of power and imparts to us the wisdom that we need for the hour. Why? Because I worked for it? No, but because I say I believe it. That the uh, communication of my faith becomes effectual. How? By my acknowledging every good thing which is in me in Christ Jesus. And that's called walking by faith. Enoch walked with God by faith. In other words, if that's who you say I am, that's who I am. Yeah, but look at yourself in the mirror. doesn't matter what I look like in the mirror. That's my five physical senses I'm looking at. I'm engaging my five senses to determine my value and worth. 
Forget it. Look into the mirror of God's Word and identify with, with who you are in Christ. And start saying, I am what the Word says I am. And who the Word says I am. And I can do what the Word says I can do. Say it with me. I can do all things. Through Jesus Christ. Who is the strength of my life. All things are possible to me. Through Him. Oh, I like that, don't you? I love the language of faith, don't you? It does something on the inside. It adds something, some fiber of spirit to you, doesn't it? On the inside. When you talk like that, it makes you rise up to a place where you're bigger on the inside than you are on the outside. And you start seeing yourself bigger on the inside than on the outside. And then the outside doesn't put you down. Oh, thank God for who we are on the inside in Him. But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God, everybody say must. Must reason out who He is. Must prove who He is. Must figure out on paper who He is. Where He came from. His existence. And define it and all that. No, it doesn't say that. Everybody must believe that He is. One says that He exists. One must believe that He exists. It's like that fellow that was over there in that foreign country, in that remote uh, village, and he's out there. He's observing what's going on. His father is one who carves out the idols that his people worship. He's carving out all these idols and he's watching all his people go through all this religious form of worship, worshiping this God, the idol of this and all that, the God of that that is his father whittled out of wood. And he finally reasons within his own mind, how in the world can this be God if my father's hands made that image out of wood? And he goes up on a mountain and he says, he lifts up his, his voice under, under the heavens and he says, Who made my father's hands? I know you're out there. Who are you? Reveal yourself. I know you exist. You made my father's hands. Oh, I like that, don't you? In that remote place when everybody's caught up in the hustle and bustle of idol worship. And they're just flowing with, you know, the flow of that idol worship. Following their fathers and their fathers forefathers and all that. But here's this fella who says, no, 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 no. There's some God out there that exists that's bigger than that wood. Bigger than my father's hands who made him. And I believe that he exists. And he called out. He cried out. I believe that you exist. And you know what? He that cometh to God must believe that He exists and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. And that fellow diligently sought the Lord until the Lord revealed Himself. An angel appeared and told him that a fellow would come with a black book and would tell him who the real God, really, true God really is. Boy, I like that. It's when we get that kind of desire and hope on the inside of us that says, I'm not satisfied. I want to operate in this this power uh, of faith. I want to appropriate the Word of God in my life like never before. I want to change from the inside on the inside. I want to become what the Word of God says I am. I want to be what the Word of God says I am to be in Christ. I want that reality. You can't please Him without faith. And if you come to God, you must believe that He is, that He exists, and that He is the rewarder of them that diligently, that means steadfastly, with ardent zeal, putting forth effort to seek Him. You see, beloved, God wants us to exercise our faith in seeking Him. Not things, but Him. 
He is the healer. And too often, we've said this thousands of times, people get caught up in seeking healing, but not the healer. Caught up in seeking the provision and not the provider. Seeking peace, but not Jehovah Shalom. He is the satisfier. He's the life giver. He is the healer. He is the provider. He is the Al Shaddai. And He says, I want you to use your faith to seek Me and all the other things will be added to you. Let's not forget that. Seek Him. So we can't please Him without faith. We have to believe that He exists, not prove it, and that He rewards those who diligently seek Him. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 12 since we're close by and we'll just close it right there. In verse 1, another ABC of faith is this. Sometimes people view faith as being a formula or a mechanical thing. Do you know what I mean by that? If we just go through the mechanics of faith and all that, then we're going to get a result or whatever. But no, we only reveal the law of faith and the prayer of faith and all those things just to give us a basic understanding and perception of how God expects us to believe. If I'm going to pray, I have to pray according to what He said in His Word. I have to believe that if I desire something, I have to believe I receive it before I can have it. But these things are not apart from a person. Listen carefully. Because if you really have a desire to learn faith, this is going to bless you immensely. Verse 1, Hebrews 12. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Faith, beloved, is not mechanical. It's not a formula. Faith has to do with the living person. I don't believe in a formula. I don't believe in mechanics. I believe in a person. His name is Jesus. Who's the author of your faith? That means he's the beginner of your faith. You ready? Who is the finisher or the developer of your faith? Jesus. He is a person. He's alive. He's well. He's Lord of all creation, beloved. He is the God of the universe. He is the beginner and developer of my faith. I am to love Him. I am to worship Him. I am to adore Him. I am to praise Him. And I am to look to Him to perfect or develop my faith. To walk with Him and say, Jesus, You can show me the way. As a matter of fact, I recall a time when His disciples came or they went to Him and because a fellow was, was wanting deliverance for his child and they couldn't cast out the devil and they couldn't cure the individual. And so the fellow finally went to Jesus with his child and Jesus cast out the devil. And they said, Lord, why couldn't we do it? And he said, because of your unbelief. And he said, if you had the faith as a grain of mustard seed, you'd speak to that mountain that it would obey you. And listen carefully. And nothing... I want you to listen to this as if Jesus were saying it to you tonight. Jesus said, If you had the faith as a grain of mustard seed, you would say to this mountain, Be thou removed, 
and it would obey you. Listen, and nothing, everybody say nothing, nothing. would be impossible unto you. Stop right there. The Scripture teaches that nothing is impossible with God. And everybody says, Amen. Jesus said, Nothing shall be impossible unto you. If that's not the challenge of the century. You see why the devil wants to get people involved in in all kinds of things that are distracting to faith? Can you see why? Because if you ever got a hold of that kind of faith, if I ever got a hold of that kind of faith and walked in it, everybody say nothing would be impossible unto me. Who's the author of your faith? You see, beloved, we need to learn to talk to him and say, Jesus, which way are we going to go now? And Jesus is the Word made flesh. We need to walk close to Him and say, Reveal Your Word to me and show me. Quicken Thou me according unto Your Word, and faith will rise in our hearts. Thank you for listening to our Legacy Teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.